0: So I'm going to do things a little bit differently this morning. Excuse me. I'm going to read the scripture a little bit into the sermon. So if that's scary, like I'm sorry. Changing (laughs) from the bulletin. But we're going to read it in a different space today. So recently, I picked up a book by Richard Rohr um, that I thought was a really helpful sort of companion piece to our scripture today and to Epiphany Sunday. So this book is called Falling Upward, A Spirituality for the Two Halves of Life. And so in the book, the basic idea is that our spiritual lives and our psychological development can kind of be split up into two different movements. So the first half is sort of based on establishing identity. So that means sort of creating what Richard Rohr calls like a container for our lives. So as we build this container, it usually means creating or maintaining or adopting a set of rules and boundaries so that we can make sense of the world and who we believe that God is. So in this first half of life, uh, there may be less room for things like mystery or wonder because we're more concerned with sort of figuring out where the edges of everything are. So then in contrast, the second half of life is sort of when we move beyond rule-based thinking and more toward curiosity and maybe openness, comfortable without firm answers and fixed categories, often transitioning into this second half as triggered by pain, maybe suffering, our world kind of starts falling apart. We have an experience that doesn't line up with how the world works. So we kind of get scared. So we, I think we all in this room could point to a moment that completely shook our assumptions about the world. And it could have been a time when you had major doubts about your faith or doctrine or maybe a massive event in your personal life or some other different kind of crisis. So Richard Rohr in this book would argue that these crisis points are necessary to propel us into a life, into a spiritual life, that can handle more complexity, uh, more nuance, more comfort in the not knowing. One important accent here is that these two different parts of life, they're not about age. We all sort of have the opportunity to succeed and to fail at these things regardless of how old we are. Yet as I read our text for today, I realized that this idea of two halves of life has a lot of crossover with the Magi. Ultimately, I think that the story of the Magi illustrates this two halves of life in a really striking way. So I want to read this scripture today with that kind of in our minds, the first and the second half of life. So our... Second lesson is from Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star that had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. So now with this story of the Magi in our minds, I want to come back to this concept. But I wasn't fully satisfied with this idea because I think it needed a little bit more nuance. So I want to tweak it because I'm not so sure that we fully transition from the first half of life into this second half of life And completely leave behind the first half. Maybe the more rule and order oriented half. I think actually that we might exist in both of them at the same time. Or maybe we flow in and out of them without noticing it. In some areas of our life, we want to exist in a world that has rules and boundaries, right? Who wants a world without boundaries? We need them to feel safe and to protect those around us from getting hurt. But we also need to have areas of our life that nurture curiosity and wonder, that can let the rules go so that we can just exist, so that we can just live. A world where not having all the answers isn't catastrophic, but peaceful. When we can see nuance and we can see complexity, And we can pull apart some of the structures and the frames and the rules that did not serve us, and many of them don't serve us. I think then we have the potential to live openly with less anxiety, with less of an attachment to certainty, and an increased ability to let things go. So as I read our passage today, I actually see the Magi move in and out of these two different halves of life or categories In a non-linear way. And I think that allows us to kind of take a breath and go, okay, like I'm doing okay. So if you notice, in the first part of the passage, the Magi, they know that something's up, right? They've seen the star. They use their own expertise and their own intuition. And their intuition told them, hey, maybe you should pay attention. So they sensed, using their own tradition, that there was something beyond their tradition, And I think that's remarkable. They had enough humility and they had curiosity to know that there was something still to know about God and themselves that they didn't know before. That God was so big and so expansive that there was no way to contain God in their own fixed categories, right? Even if those categories had guided them a certain length of the journey. So they simultaneously let their own experience guide them while also being open to the possibility that there was something more to the world than they could know based on their own categories. It's almost as if God existed within their categories and also beyond their categories at the same time, right? It's almost like there are markers of the second half of life that has a lot of openness And that's really admirable. And they also have some rules and traditions that help them get there. So it's not either or. It seems to be both and. But then we also see how their kind of fixed categories threw them off track just like a little bit. So they're guided by this star, right? And their deep sense of intuition. But they went straight to the wrong guy. So they went to Herod. Of course, as appearances go, it's a choice that kind of makes sense. So you're looking for the heir to the throne. So where are you going to go? You're going to go to the king, of course. So they relied on the rules that they knew. That if you needed something, you go to the person that has the most power, right? But what they didn't know is that Herod was a cruel and anxious middleman clinging to what little power he had. So I'd wager that Herod had lost an ability to be curious, to be playful, to engage in any sort of wonder at all. In fact, if you read further, you're going to find out what violent lengths he will go to maintain rule and order, right? The, the killing of the firstborn. To maintain his own container, maybe. So we see maybe some first half of life guiding everyone's decisions here. But those rules and that kind of order, it didn't serve them and it ended up being quite violent, right? So guided by the direction of Herod, they go to Bethlehem and they find something entirely different and completely surprising. They find a poor family with a newborn. Yet there's something inside of them that whispers, hey, don't, don't get caught up in appearances. Something inside of them whispers, maybe use your imagination. And they do. And they are so moved by what they find that they give this baby the the highest honor of the ancient world, worship. They saw something that existed outside of their categories and they knew that there was something true about it even if it was brand new. And maybe the grandest irony of all, that the thing that nudged them into this newness or this second half thinking, it was a baby. A baby that existed and exists inside and outside of all of our categories, right? So as I think about what this means for us, what I'm not here to do this morning is to condemn all first half of life decisions in order to privilege the second. That doesn't make sense to me. Because we need to have ways to order our life and our experiences in a meaningful way so they don't get chaotic, right? But what I am here to encourage us to do and what I think the story of the Magi help us to do is to live with enough peace and enough awareness to know when we are traveling back and forth between rules and order and traditions and then imagination and creativity and open-handedness and wonder. And also know when all these things get blended up together, right? Just like the Magi needed a sense of their own history and their own traditions, to go on the journey, so do we. But if we get so consumed by what was or only what we see right now, then we have no imagination for what could be. And that is exactly when the first half of life fails us. It restricts our ability to be fully ourselves, and it restricts our ability to understand how big God really is. When our understanding of ourselves of God is small our fear and anxiety they go way up and our capacity to be more loving and to be more hopeful comes way down when our understanding of ourselves and God grows and gets bigger we aren't paralyzed by the challenges that we face right we might just find the imagination to move around them with conviction and with creativity and hopefully a little humor too We also won't be so hard on ourselves when we are in seasons where binaries and structure and rules feel comforting and safe. And yet inside and outside all these categories, that's exactly where we exist at the same time and I think that's exactly where God is too. So I think the perfect way To understand this vision of God is something that Richard Rohr also says in this book. And he says, the God I have met and been loved by in my life journey is always an experience of God saying, how much more? And that is the vision of God and the vision of ourselves that makes room for all of who we are in whatever season of life we find ourselves in. Let's pray together. Gracious God, help us to know ourselves as best we can so that we can live peacefully and in union with one another and with you. Amen. Let's stand together and sing our next song.